0: Hi, this is Lisa McFarlane, and I'm here to talk with the N Rounds about your new favorite song, "Caught Up." It was always right there on a tip of my tongue. It was always so close, but so far away. I thought I could run.
1: Hello, and welcome to your new favorite song a podcast brought to you by the Enrons, where each week we will feature a recently released song from an independent artist. My name is Bernard Ennis and I'll be your host. Today I'll be speaking to Lisa McFarlane about her recent release, Caught Up, which sounds like a mix of Amy Winehouse vocals with a Motown, Get Down and Groove soul sound. I mean, this girl is really cooking. Hello, Lisa, and thank you for joining me today. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: You're welcome. So, maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about uh, Lisa McFarlane, uh, who you are, uh, where you're from, and a little bit about background.
0: Sure. I am. I'm from a really little town by Las Vegas in the US. And I have started performing in Las Vegas and writing my own original music after kind of breaking free of a. Uh, abusive relationship and kind of escaping with my kids and you know starting a new life for myself. So for me, putting on my first album, Picnic, was very personal and very emotional. And these next songs that I'm releasing are actually about the next stage after that, you know, when I've actually... Um, it's it's actually their, their love songs. They're really sad love songs about um, finding somebody really wonderful mm-hmm. and Having a great distance between you and just feeling like it's just not going to work, so that's what this song is about.
1: Okay, and uh, you know you you have lived in in Las Vegas all your life, or is it a place where you? I'm
0: really close to it yeah for for most of my life and in uh, in Utah, so I don't know if you know about Utah, but where, it's
1: it's uh, where Mormons. the Mormons are yeah, it's a yeah. little weird. And were you a part of that uh, cult or religion or mm-hmm. you grew up? As a I was Mormon?
0: raised Mormon. Yes. Okay. I was baptized when I was little. My family was in it. My whole extended family, you know, a lot of them are, are still Mormon to this day. Mm-hmm. Some of them have left, you know, some of my uh, brothers and sisters have left, but some are still very involved with it. And uh, what's, What's really crazy is that it's most of the state. I mean, it's most yeah. of the people. It's involved in the government. It controls so much. So, yeah, it's really yeah. crazy.
1: And it's, it's very hard to break away from the Mormons, huh? Because I understand yeah. that as soon as you are born, you become automatically a Mormon. Uh, you know, you're. you're um, it, it is
0: like that. Like they want to come knock on your door yeah. and try to get you to come to church, and they want to, you know. They they have my phone number. They'll text me. I mean, they're they're very nice people. They're just people of my neighborhood, you know. They're very nice people, but there's a few things about the church that I, you know, of course, do not agree with,
1: Such and I'm as? not really a part of. But
0: could you elaborate um, a bit more? Yeah, they uh, they have a very strict view of gender roles, you know, with uh, women aren't allowed to have like powerful positions mm-hmm. in the church. Um, and so, you know, and as a little girl, I always saw that as a, as a thing that was not good, you know, and I thought yeah. that was not a good thing, but, um, but then getting older, you just see more complex situations of people using their authority to be, um, very exclusive or, you know, mean or, you know, prejudiced. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's really sad to see that. And it's just those people, you know, it's not everybody, but it's hard to see that.
1: Does uh, Do you think that, that, that the religion or the community uh, there kind of uh, promotes or, or makes it more possible for this kind of... Um suppression of female rights uh, the uh, supporting of general yeah. is, it, is it stronger there because there's they have this history of uh, of this uh, yeah
0: separation there's a big feeling of boys will be boys in mm-hmm. my hometown and uh, it's really sad to see and I feel like that's really what led to the really bad behaviors of this really terrible abusive relationship that I was mm-hmm. stuck in for so long you know that I was raised to feel like I had to just be whatever I needed to be to be a good wife and that I could put up with anything and that I should put up with anything. And so that's a really harmful thing to teach little girls.
1: Yeah. Because I'd like to come back to that in a little while when we're talking about the song, because that's a line in your song is about you just want to be a good wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, that's, it kind of comes back uh, well I'll just park that for a second and we'll come back to that because I'd like to get to know you a little bit more and we can talk about the song Um, so uh, I have some uh, kind of questions that I'd like to ask some icebreaker questions to maybe get a little bit more uh, uh, into, into who you are and the first one is what is the most out of character thing you've ever done
0: hmm I would say um, maybe, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't say that anything is out of character for me because I've been all over the place, <laughs> you know. My whole life I thought that I, um, you know, I had a really solid idea of who I was. I always saw myself as a singer, you know, mm-hmm. that was always what I thought of when I was little, as a teenager, that's always what I was dreaming of. And then as soon as it became time that I was old enough to do that, it almost seems like I just lost all confidence. And that's really what was out of character for me after that was to actually try, you know, Mm -hmm. to actually start going to open mics and start to try to push myself and, um, and, uh, so I've really been all over the place, you know, where I felt like I couldn't do it. And now, you know, to other times in my life where I felt like nothing could stop me. And, um, I've been <laughs> everywhere in between. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, uh, I would say that the only thing that's really, uh, the things that were out of character for me is maybe, uh, there's a period in my time, my life where I went a little bit, um, a little bit crazy you know mm-hmm. just because i wasn't confident and i made a lot of really bad decisions you know i was like 17 19 yeah i feel like everybody has that that weird little time where they just kind of lose it
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so so yeah that was it and that's when i got married
1: ah, <laughs> so that was it so that was it <laughs> oh, the most out of character thing you did <laughs> So, yeah. So apart from <laughs> apart from the most out of character thing, what's one thing we don't know about?
0: Um, I actually spend most of my time doing homeschool and teaching music lessons. Okay. So I actually spend all of my time just teaching, and uh, mostly with little kids, mm-hmm. some teenagers, some adults. You know, for music lessons. But I have three first graders this year, and okay. they are.
1: Three six-year-olds.
0: Oh, first graders, is,
1: is yeah for people who don't live in the U.S. First graders. <laughs>
0: three six-year-olds. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it's it's rough, but it's really fun. Yeah. So, like that's really me. Twenty-four-seven is I'm just at home teaching. Oh, okay,
1: <laughs> and, and do you have <clears throat> because I mean, the Corona will have obviously impacted your uh, teaching work. It, has that moved a lot more onto online or do you still receive people mm-hmm. at home? I guess you you receive your students at home.
0: I used to. I used to have students come into my home, but once the coronavirus thing hit, I really just decided I had to do everything I could to protect my family. Mm-hmm. I was teaching at a music school in Las Vegas at the time. And, um, you know, the school had actually been flooded by a completely unrelated catastrophe about two weeks before that. So I'd already kind of lost a ton of work, you know, right before that. And then I was sick. And so I, you know, couldn't work. And then at that point I was just like, I can't keep going to this school with all these kids. And, you know, I knew that I was getting sick from all of my students that I was in a small room Mm
1: -hmm. with,
0: you know? And so even before the coronavirus thing, I was getting sick all the time and, just trying to deal with it, you know, just trying to keep working or whatever. So for me, it's been a really good transition in a yeah. way because now most of my lessons are online. Once in a while, I'll go to my students' home and I'll like, you know, I'll wear a mask if I'm going into their home to, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want to bring my germs in there just in case. But um, but most of my stuff is online. I'm just performing online and uh, all my kids' school is online. So, so yeah, we're mostly just... Yeah hanging
1: out at home all the time. <laughs> and you have, uh, how many children do you have? That's not a personal? Four. Artist. One child? Four. And how do you combine then, I mean, the life of a, of a performing artist is not really very conducive to small children. So how do you combine that?
0: Well, I, I have gone on tour uh, twice, actually, And just for about a week at a time where I really just scheduled my own, you know, my own performances. And just once per year when I was releasing the album, you know, I would go out and go to a few different parts of the country Mm -hmm. and go do some shows. And it really didn't seem like it it really affected things that much. Because, you know, when I would go to Las Vegas and perform, I have tons of family there. And we would go, you know, just hang out with my family. And then we'd go to... My concert, and they 'd all watch me perform,
1: yeah, and
0: then we you know go eat dinner afterwards, so really it felt like not work at all, and oh, it okay. felt like it was just so well integrated that it really was good, because most of the time I got to do really family friendly events like an art festival, um, playing at a downtown container park in uh, in Las Vegas, um, things that the kids could come to, mm-hmm. you know, and okay. that there was things for them to do. You know, with with their aunts while while they just hung out in the audience while I was performing. So it really it really all came together really well, honestly.
1: Oh, okay. And uh, I mean, when when people think of Las Vegas, they think of you know the the, the Strip and uh, all these uh, yeah. uh, uh, the the big uh, uh, the big casinos where. Uh, I don't know Frank Sinatra uh-huh. and uh, so so you know and, and Elvis Presley have, all, have sung and uh, do do you ever get to play at those kind of places or yeah know, and that was really Jesus fun Palace? as well
0: but that was all after the kids bedtime so it really didn't you know bother mm. them too much that I would just go off you know I'd go to really incredible blues bars or playing the places on the Strip like I got to do weddings that were in the Bellagio and I got to play at the Sands Expo Center at like a big convention and. Um, you know, some other places that are right along the strip that are like lounges and bars. Yeah. And uh, I got to play the Hard Rock Cafe on the strip. That was my favorite one because it was so, it was just so big and the sound was so perfect. And they had like this big, amazing dressing room and everything. And it, it felt really cool to be able to play there. So, so, there's definitely a lot of those, you know, those times where I did go out and do, mm-hmm. you know, later yeah. shows yeah. or like playing bars and things like that. And that was really cool but um but yeah, it all it, it seems like it was it was good to be able to show my kids that I'm making a good amount of money living my dream, you yeah. know, and I get to go spend time with my kids at yeah. the
1: same time yeah yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a really amazing thing. I think um, also the whole corona episode has also made it <gasps> possible for a lot more people to combine work and family because. Uh, yeah, I, I work at home now all the uh, full time and uh, I used to go to the office all the time. I, I think I can get m- as much done in like four hours in the morning uh, mm-hmm. there as I would the whole day. And you know sometimes in the afternoon I have a meeting or, or and I try and schedule all of that stuff looking at my email all in the afternoon. so I've got a lot more time it also means I've got more time to devote to this kind of yeah, podcast and making yeah. music. So just- yeah,
0: there's a lot that I miss about it. You know, I miss the crowds. There was a place at the downtown Grand in Las Vegas that I got to go perform like every other month or so I get mm-hmm. to go perform. And it would always be tons of people there just wandering in off the the old school downtown part of, of Las Vegas. And um, I miss that. I miss the crowds and like all these new people coming in and, you know, finding my music, trying to buy the CD. So like a lot has definitely changed that we don't have that part. But I also, I don't miss the driving around, you know, I don't miss the traveling. And I've, I've saved so much time where I get back time, you know, with my kids because of all of that. So I'm very grateful.
1: And honestly, the thing that occurred to me just now, uh, when you're talking about uh, doing live shows, uh, you don't have a, or do you have a backing band? Because you said you're a solo Um, artist. I've
0: played with a band. Yeah. I've played Mm -hmm. with a band before, but not currently.
1: And so how does your live show look? Do you have a backing tracks or do you just play you and your guitar?
0: No, it's just me and my guitar. And the way that I play the guitar live is, you know, I try to make it a little bit percussive, you know, and actually uh, kind of like a, you know, rhythmic guitar. So it kind of fills out the whole sound of it, but Yeah. yeah, it's always just me and my guitar. I don't do like backing tracks or, you know, live drums or anything like that. I, I did have some really wonderful shows with the, you know, with some bands here. um, And I think I guess two different, two or three different full Uh bands, you know, of different people. And we got to do a lot of really cool shows, but it's just really hard to keep good musicians. And I think in Las Vegas, there's a lot of other opportunities for them. And so they just go their separate ways.
1: (laughs) Okay. So because it leads me very nicely into, into the song. Uh, because there are quite a few things I think that uh, we've already highlighted, we've already would have touched on. And, and the yeah, the first thing is is uh, what is, you know the, the this song is about. It sounds like a, kind of a new love, or or is that wrong? Caught up is caught up on you, is really- yeah,
0: yeah. It was it was pretty new at the time that I wrote this song. Um, I think we'd been together maybe between six months and a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, long enough to know that we were very much in love, but I was living in my hometown in Utah and he was living in Las Vegas and it's about two hours away to drive there.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, you know, I was here fighting for custody of my kids and, you know, trying to make a living Mm -hmm. to support them. And he was over there and he also had a son. And so we're kind of established, you know, and it was hard to make a transition and, Honestly, it was really hard to uh, to be making money at that time because the situation I'd just gotten out of was, was really bad and had very much wrecked my financial situation. And so I was like trying to climb out of a hole mm-hmm. of all of that, of debt and of trying to create some kind of income for myself where I could still be watching my kids at the same time. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a real struggle. And we tried for a long time and then decided that it was like all of the traveling and everything was just too much you know that we couldn't handle it and and that we had to just focus on ourselves basically and it was really sad and that i actually had two songs that i wrote back to back that came out of this um that are both up on spotify now okay so so this one caught up and the one called because you love me and they kind of go hand in hand where one's like the angry (laughs) angry reaction and then there's the other reaction after that, that's like, well, I guess it's for the best. It, was so I can see it
1: in kind of sounds to me a little bit like the kind of song that um, Adele would write, you know? It's it's very mm, Adele. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and and coupled with, I mean, you have a really fabulous, fabulous voice. I mean, it's you know the comparison to Amy Winehouse is is absolutely correct. You have a really beautiful voice, and uh, you've got this kind of rough edge that you can put into your voice as well. Sometimes, It's kind of, and and it sounds like it's you know that that the way that the Amy Winehouse also sings this kind of growly, rough edge. Mm-hmm. all that can you know but it's really under control. Yeah, she's
0: a huge inspiration for me. Yeah. I love her. And yeah. um and going a little further back also Janis Joplin like yeah. she was a huge inspiration for yeah. me when I was little and um I thought that just the feeling in her voice was so incredible that I wanted to be able to to do that yeah. and to try try to practice that.
1: But this song is kind of a hopeful song. Eh? It's really yeah, you're in love with somebody and you want to be with them and you just and and that sounds a lot Yeah, different.
0: uh honestly this it, it was it was supposed to be a a saying goodbye kind of song, you know, mm-hmm. like like I guess I guess we're done now. So yeah, it, to me at the time, I couldn't even perform this um, for a long time because I I would start crying yeah. when I was singing. So it actually took me a, a while to be able to really develop it. Like in, and and per- because I usually will kind of work on the melody a little bit and really build it up while mm-hmm. I'm performing it live. You know, while I was doing shows because I was doing so many live shows at the time. I was going, you know, I was doing live shows in Las Vegas two or three times a week and um, just playing a ton of my li- my original songs. And uh yeah, I couldn't even I couldn't even put this one out there for a while <laughs> for maybe several months.
1: That's yeah, it uh, comes really home to you. And uh do you still have contact uh, with or are you or are you completely broken up or is it or <laughs> are you just still back together or has anything? We're engaged
0: now. Oh you're engaged now.
1: Together. Okay. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't all that's not all bad news. Yeah, we we
0: got over the mountain, you yeah, know. Yeah. We did it. So there there definitely was hope at the end of that story, but at the time that I wrote the song, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it it was not that feeling at all.
1: <laughs> and uh you also said earlier on you you were in a, an abusive relationship or um that how Yeah,
0: I'm actually I'm actually still fighting the my kids biological father because he is still very abusive to them and it's an ongoing thing unfortunately but we do everything that we can for them and try to you know just try to fight for them in every way that
1: we can okay because i if i understood it correctly you said a moment ago that you had one child
0: um well I have I have four. Oh, so you have four kids. There's okay. My three kids and
1: yeah. then my stepson. Oh right. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I didn't I, I didn't, didn't quite get that. And I hear you keep saying them and my kids. And I think you've only got one, <laughs> but you've got more. Okay. Yeah, it's like uh, a whole circus. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's lovely. Children are a great thing. A great uh, They great, are, great they're blessing. incredible. Yeah. Um, no, okay. But I was just a little bit confused. And, but uh, So you, you, your children uh, are still living, are they living with you full time or are they living with their father full time?
0: They, they live with me, but they have to go spend every other weekend with right. him.
1: Okay. And, and, and how does that make you feel or how does that impact your life?
0: I feel like it's, it's made my kids have to grow up a lot and it's made me have to learn how to talk to them about really hard things that I never thought I'd have to talk to them about at this age. And so I'm really blessed that they are so sweet and so mm. smart and so understanding um, that I can talk to them about, you know, the reality of the situation that they're in, telling them, you know, because every time their dad has hit them, I report it to to the Child Protective Service. I will report it to the police. I will do what I can to try and stop him from having any more time with them. Mm -hmm. And they want to give him more and more chances. You know, they want to let him have every chance in the world to try again and be a good dad to them. And he just keeps doing the same thing. And so I have to look my kids in the eye and tell them that I'm trying to protect them. You know, that I'm doing what I can. Even if it's not making a real difference, even if it's not making it so they don't have to spend two solid days with him, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, we've had to have some really tough conversations about, you know, how how they're feeling and I wish I could do more for them, you know, but I do everything that, that I can think of.
1: Yeah. And and how is that then affected how does that affect your music and what you write about and how you write.
0: Hmm. Well, I honestly stopped writing music for, for a while. I I didn't write many songs between the time that these songs, you know, were written. And last year, I mean, there was maybe one or two years where I didn't really write a new song because I was so preoccupied with this whole struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, it was every, every moment that I was awake, I was trying to do something, you know, we had to file court paperwork. I have to get a new attorney because the last one just didn't do what he said he was going to do, you know, and just one thing after the next, I have to find where the money is going to come from, you know, to pay for the next lawyer because the first one didn't
1: Didn't do anything. anything. Okay.
0: So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been very preoccupying, but at the same time, when I have my, my little six-year-old son come to me and he's got a problem where he's angry and he doesn't want to be angry because he doesn't want to treat people like his dad treats people. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me as a six-year-old boy that he wants to make a change in himself. And I can't believe how mature he is and how how sweet he is to come to me yeah. with that. And um, I we <laughs> we wrote a song about it, me and him together. And so now, you know, instead of being the thing that's stopping me, um, I'm hoping that this is making, you know... New inspiration. so it's the thing that is... Yeah, it's inspiring new things and actually making my songs be about something that's going to help strengthen people in the future yeah. instead of just about the sad, bad things that have happened to me in the past.
1: Yeah, and so if I get it, if I get it right, I mean, you wrote these songs. This, the, the, this song, Caught Up, is, is quite a long time ago. But it's only mm-hmm. just recently, oh, I, I guess it's only just recently come out. So, somewhere in mm-hmm. this whole process, you've got songs that are sitting there waiting, uh, and you've gone through all this yeah, whole. Yeah, so now. And, and now you've, you've recorded it and putting it out there. Mm-hmm. So, how's that process worked?
0: Well, these two songs that are out on Spotify now, I recorded them in a studio in Las Vegas, and it was finished before the. COVID thing started so once we all went into just staying home all the time I started to get like my home studio stuff together and you can see that I've actually got like yeah yeah. actually some stuff to record myself now and I can make my own music so Mm -hmm. from here on out the next songs that are going to be coming out and especially the ones that I've written you know here during this time of just being alone I'm going to be doing all of the music myself you know doing the drums doing the recording myself Doing the everything okay.
1: myself and um, uh, do you play drums? It's going to be a little bit different. Do you play drums um, or are you, you going to program? them?
0: I, I'm going to program them. I do have some experience playing the drums, but I'm not. You know, a like, drummer. i I'm not a drummer. <laughs> um, I have definitely had drums. Those my first maybe my second instrument I ever owned. Cause when I was really little, I started flute in band,
1: the, the flute. Mm-hmm.
0: But after that, when I was like eight, somebody gave me a drum, like a, a djembe drum. That's like a, yeah, a I know drum. Djembe is, yep. And I loved it so much. Like I really played that thing a lot. And we went to mm-hmm. a lot of like really hippie gatherings where they taught primitive skills, like starting a fire with sticks yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And they would have these campfires at night where people played the drums and did like a drum circle. And that was like the highlight of my life at that point of like eight and 10 years old is that I would get to go sometimes <laughs> and be part of these drum circles. So, so yeah, I love, I love playing every part of it. You know, I have production software where I could put in, you know, the guitars, the bass, the drums, the weird little synth sounds. And, and I have some music that I've made yeah. that's like that, where I've just like produced the track myself Um but I think I'm a little bit better at it now to where I can actually put those songs out there on Spotify that I'm making now myself. Uh, yeah
1: And, and, and with caught up was that you playing all of the instruments or if you there have uh, you, got no. to, have you used that with, with the band up with the band?
0: Yeah, I was on the guitar and I mm-hmm. played a few different guitar parts and um, I believe we had a, a bass player that was a session musician mm-hmm. and then a drummer that I had been performing with for a long time. And, um, so yeah, the, the drummer was actually like, we were working together and doing a lot of gigs together for a while.
1: So he wrote his own, uh, wrote, he composed the drum, the drum part for that song. Um, Wow, you know what I mean?
0: Yes and no. We actually, the drums are actually, um, programmed on these songs as well, because we recorded the drums. Um, but at that point, It didn't sound how we wanted it to sound, and so we actually chopped it all up and programmed it.
1: Ah, so that you've you've used samples of the actual drum Mm -hmm. recording, and then you've programmed the ah, that's that's so you've got your own uh, Mm -hmm. drum samples. So when you mic'd up your drum, did you mic up every single part of the kit individually, or did you just use? Yeah, which otherwise you wouldn't be able. Yeah, to
0: we do. actually had a really, we had a really incredible drum tech in Las Vegas who had this whole setup in his home studio, and he um, he performed with a lot of really big shows in Las Vegas, um, but he also records, you know, just as his. Private yeah. passion, I guess, but we, uh, but he had everything mic'd up this big, beautiful drum set. It was just the shiniest, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And he very meticulously was mic'ing up every little part of it. Yeah. So that's why, even though the drums didn't come out, you know, how we wanted them to, we still had a lot of really good content to use. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's really, I mean, that's really great because a lot of people just use a single condenser mic to, to do the whole mm-hmm. drum sound, which. If it's not perfect, then no. you know you've, you you can't salvage anything from it. So, yeah, that's that's, uh, yeah. that's really cool. And you've done this all in your own your own mixing. No, uh,
0: these two songs. These two songs were with a really incredible producer named Pat Hunley in Las Vegas, and he is um, currently working at a a big nice studio in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But he uh, just just, you know, knew a lot of people that helped make these connections. Like he knew the, the person who was the bass player. He knew the person who was the drum tech, you know, who'd be able to record it. And he made all these connections for me. So when we went to record the drums, um, you know, he was there, our producer was there and he was kind of overseeing everything. And then when we went back to work on the vocals and do everything, you know, we listened back and we were like the drums... You know, it's just not yeah. there. That's not the one. So, so it was the producer Pat who actually cut it all up and arranged it and made it how it's supposed to be.
1: Whoa, mm-hmm. that, that sounds really cool. And they and, and so he did. So the producer has done all the all of the mixing. Or do were you involved mm-hmm. also involved in that process? Yep.
0: Um, I mean, I was a little bit involved. I would listen to what he sent me and just say, you know, I want this part to stand out a little Mm -hmm. bit more or could we like not have the effects so much on this part and um you know i i'd worked on one of the songs with pat hunley directly and then one of the songs i was working with his um like his assistants Mm -hmm. that he was kind of training and um and so the one that he worked on you know was perfect and the other one I just asked them to tone the effects down a little bit because I don't really like like vocal effects yeah, a lot. Yeah. Like I have always tried to keep a really like a really natural kind of sound to yeah. the things, I guess. But but yeah, um, it's hard. It's hard because people hear a song and they you know they have their interpretation of what it's going to be. And then I heard it and I was like, oh, that's a lot of effects. Like, let's just tone it down a little bit. But we we came to a nice negotiation of that. And they were all very, very helpful, very respectful, very awesome. So I'm I'm really lucky to just have so many other people that I've been able to work with, you know, because I had a really good um, team of musicians on my first album on Picnic, you know, the studio that we're working in Las Vegas and the session musicians that came into work. And so, yeah, it's a lot different having to do everything yourself, but at the same time, it's a little bit more freeing because, you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to worry about anybody else's yeah. opinion, time yeah. schedule, budget, attitude, anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from learning how to do all of the things in your door and, uh, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a really steep learning c- curve. Mm-hmm. Um, to do a lot of production so now the music you're going to be releasing after these uh, singles mm-hmm. is going to be recorded mixed mastered produced all by oh are you going to master them yourself or yourself or uh, are you going to say um, them no out?
0: I'll be having I'll, I'll be reaching out to people who are really knowledgeable to do you know mixing and mastering for me okay but I'll do as much of it as I can myself and mm-hmm. then You know, if, if I think that what I've done for the baseline doesn't sound right, you know, I'll get somebody else to do it. I don't have a problem, you know, reaching out for help, but Mm -hmm. at this point I do want to just, just keep pushing, you know, just keep recording, even though a lot of things are closed down, you know, so, um, I might even end up back in the studio with Pat Hunley if I'm very lucky. So I'll I'll definitely just be trying to get lots of new music out as soon as
1: possible. Um, (laughs) Well, uh, not to be detrimental to the uh, to the system. But which one of the two songs was done by the by by Pat Hunley himself? Oh, I'll never tell. Oh, you'll never tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: or is that the name of the song?
0: <laughs> no, um, you'll have to guess. All let right. me know. Let me know
1: what you think. Uh, I will <laughs> do. part uh, uh, outside of this podcast, uh, that we'll, uh, we won't uh, slander anybody in there. Uh, in this podcast was just interesting to know. Um, no, so, there's no, there's, oh, there's no, real. there was
0: really no, no problems at all yeah. during the the process. It was nothing like uh, that. Oh. You know, he's just uh, uh I feel like he was geared towards doing pop songs, you mm-hmm. know, that's yeah. all. And uh, I wanted it to just sound really natural, but
1: no, or I mean, just, it's the, sound, big deal the sound of you know, it's the mark of a great master when his assistant sounds every bit as good as he does or, you know, Well, you can't really tell Mm -hmm. the difference because then he's he's passing on his knowledge to the next generation of people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, Well,
0: I think every producer also has their
1: own unique
0: idea of what they want their content to sound like. You know, they want to be somebody who makes pop songs or they want to be somebody who makes hip-hop songs. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, the producer that I worked with on this song, he does a lot of hip-hop. And so Mm -hmm. it's really cool that he can also do you know R and B and pop yeah, and yeah. rock music, and make it sound good in those genres, and not like just mix it all together. Yeah, you
1: know. Yeah. So I mean, that brings me to the you know the the, the ultimate question is: uh, Does the final song that you've released match up to the idea that you had in your head, your initial idea?
0: That's a good question. I feel like they. I feel like most of the songs that I put out have done that, but these two songs maybe more than in the past. And I feel really good about that because I really want to, I want to get to that point, you know, where I have all the production knowledge myself that I could just Mm -hmm. sit down at my computer and just say, you know, just put it straight from my brain into the, the (laughs) software. But, um, but yeah, where I feel like I'm getting closer to that where it can yeah. really come out exactly like I'm imagining it.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like it's playing definitely- an instrument. Eh? When you start, you, you have this idea in your head that it takes a very long time to develop the technical skill to actually produce a melody or produce uh, that sounds like mm-hmm. what's going on in your mind. And that's the same thing. Yeah.
0: yeah, and over the, the duration of this whole quarantine, I've definitely learned a lot about production, about recording, mm-hmm. about all of these things. So, so yeah, we've come a long way since, since those very first songs that I, you know, the very first songs I ever put out where I was producing them myself. Um, they sound very different, you know, yeah. they sound <laughs> very, very different. We've come
1: a long way. We've come a long ways. Yeah. Technology also has come a long way. So, uh, you know, uh, so we've come a long way, uh, but, but what's going to happen? What's, where are we going to? What's in you? What's coming up, uh, for, for you? In the next few months or the next half year, let's say
0: Well, I do still have two other songs that were meant to go together um, with the two songs that I've just released, yeah. so I'm hoping to get those put out uh, you know within the next six months or so to get those put out pretty regularly okay. and just keep new songs coming out to, to just keep it going as much as possible
1: okay and uh, there won't be any live shows i guess for a while i don't know how this the situation is in the states but i, I think probably be a few months before any live shows are. but you also do live yeah streams.
0: honestly uh honestly i've done a, a monday night live stream mm-hmm. uh for about six weeks now and um I really enjoyed doing that and still having a live audience because yeah, I did have some, some big shows for the summer that I was super excited about that I got canceled. But, um, I mean, they are doing live music around here, yeah. but I haven't fully committed to, to really getting out yeah. there myself, Yeah, you know, because I, I really like being home with my kids mm-hmm. and just recording my music here. So <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, but I'll definitely get it out there in a big way. If we have another yeah. live show coming yeah. up.
1: And the live stream is on uh, Instagram or on Facebook?
0: It's on Facebook? It's on Facebook and everybody can go check it out and they can go follow me at Lisa Mac LV and both on Instagram and Facebook. And I talk about it all the time. So I'll, you know, if yeah. you follow me, I'll let you know what it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, for uh, what I'll do is I will put that a link to your Facebook or to your social media links in the show notes. So, if you're listening to this podcast on your telephone, uh, then you can just click on the link and it will take you directly to to Lisa's page, either on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, and you can check her out and and obviously, uh, well, you know, there's no doubt you'll want to follow her music because it's great. Um, but, so we'll do that in, in, in the podcast. So uh, before we finish, is there any, are there any other links or shout-outs that you want to do, like merchandising? Where can we speak to you? Where can we find you?
0: Yeah, all of that stuff, everything that's videos, talking to me, asking about merchandise, it's all at Live. And I also am teaching lessons online. So if anybody needs, you know, voice lessons, guitar lessons, piano lessons, ukulele lessons, that's what I do with most of my time. Is actually teaching my students one-on-one online.
1: Okay, and that's Lisa Mac with an A. L I S A M A C dot live. <laughs> that's right. Okay, and and that's also the place where that's also the home of your music school as well as your music creation business.
0: <laughs> That's right. And uh, I've also done a lot of really, uh, really different services through that as well, just consulting online with people to help them write their music, mm-hmm. um, to help them, you know, learn about songwriting, about how to establish what your chord progression is, how to get your lyrics out, you know, things like that. So, so yeah, there's just a link on there that says schedule time with me and it's pretty big, but there's a lot of music out there on my website. There's uh, videos and also a link to where you can buy, merchandise.
1: Okay. Um,
0: Lisa Mac two shirts and stuff like
1: that. Okay, cool stuff. So one last question, uh, the biggie, and that is, what is your favorite new song? Oh, that's such a good question. I only have good um, questions.
0: <laughs> I really love covering new songs. And recently I've just found so many of them that are so wonderful. There's one that I... That really falls in my lane though that you might really love and it's called fool for you by snow allegra have you ever heard of her no i haven't it's spelled s-n-o-h snow allegra and she sounds like amy winehouse it's incredible you know her okay. voice is is just really full of personality
1: oh, okay well well, well we'll check her out after this podcast Oh, well, before, yeah, that's one I
0: could not help but cover and go put it on my uh, my YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll definitely check it out because uh, it would be uh, you know I always like to hear new music. It's the uh, basically the the impetus behind this show is I uh, you know I quite like to hear lots yeah, of you know, new music and uh, it's really great to have input from well other people who have completely different music or you know, different uh, different tastes of mine. So. Thank you very much, and um, also thank you very much for spending uh, the last hour talking to to me on uh, on this song. Um, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have you to be interviewing you, and uh, so I'd like to say thank you very much, and speak to you again soon.
0: Thank you. I'll see you later. I've been gone up on you.
1: We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and, more importantly, have found your new favourite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, The Enron's New Favourites, and you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. Next week, I'll be speaking to Simon Lane about his song Holding On, which is a very personal reflection on being separated from the ones you love. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast app you're listening on. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then you can either buy us a coffee or become a regular patron. See the show notes for details. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.